Amen. Aren't you thankful that Jesus has the power to break every chain and any chain in our lives? Amen. And I pray that He's doing that, has done it, is working on doing that right now in your lives and each one of our lives this morning. And a good start on that is with our churches, is through the power of prayer. There's nothing good that God does unless it starts with prayer. Amen. I know the last few weeks I, I preached on worship two weeks, but I had one rock here. But this week, I got the other rock out of Joshua chapter 4 again, remember? When they took the when they crossed the Jordan River, they told them to get a stone and place it on the other side when they crossed over to make this a memorial so people could see how they got across. And they didn't get across their own strength, but through the power of God, the fire by, day, the fire by night and the cloud by day led them, the power of the Holy Spirit led them across the Jordan River, and so he told them to make a memorial. So when the kids walk by and the, and, and the generations later says, what do these stones mean? And so he looked back, and so I, I kind of used that, uh, kind of springboard off of that a little bit of some things we need in our church to have a healthy, strong church this year. We need a memorial set up in our church what our church is built on. Of course, number one, is built on the foundation. The, the cornerstone is Jesus Christ, Amen. Hey, that, that's what our church is built on, but there's many other things. We started off with God's Word, worship, and I don't know if I can pick this big rock up or not, but prayer. We got another stone going to go in the pile today for build our memorial. It's, it's a stone of prayer. I'm not telling you all where I'm getting these rocks at. The county might take me to jail. Prayer. How many believes there's power in Prayer. Now, I'm not talking, listen, I'm not talking about just our prayer request and you hear a prayer request, but when God really starts making a difference in your life is when we start getting alone and spending time with God in prayer. And, and that's what God, listen, that's what God is really pressing on our church to be. Before this church can do anything great, we have to first be a great praying church. Even before we see God move, and, and I heard, and, and I was glad to hear this, I heard some say, well, we want to take a van, we want to go up, and we want to pray all over church camp before we do it this year. And, but we need to do that every Sunday right here. And uh, that's what Tad's been trying to do, and I just want to challenge the men and, and women too. It would be great to come at 930. Most of the folks that get here go to Sunday school. You can get here at 930, Amen. Just go buy your McDonald's 15 minutes earlier, get your coffee, and say, where are you going? i got to go to prayer meeting, man. Prayer meeting should be so important that I don't want to miss it. You know, I know everybody wants to hear me preach. They want to come to Sunday school. And Brother George is preaching. But listen, Brother George can't preach unless he's got some intercessors. <laughs> That's lifting this place up in the power of prayer and, and praying for the presence of God. Because every time we meet, we should want to meet in the presence of God. Without the presence of God, we, didn't, we just had a meeting. And so at 9.30, I want to challenge y'all. Man, I'd love to have half the church here at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. They're going through every room. They're going to every office. They're going to the nursery, the media. They're going to every Sunday school classroom downstairs. They're going up on stage. They're going chair to chair, row to row, praying that God will move this morning. They're going downstairs. We're just covering this place in prayer. And I think, I think if you want to see God bless, we've got to do more than just now lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep. God is great. God is good. Let us thank Him for our food. We've got to get out of that. 
You say, well, I really want God to bless our church. Well, sometimes God wants us to step out on faith. And I believe that's why God's not blessing a lot of churches. We're not asking for it. We're not asking for His power. We're not asking for His presence. Man, if we can just slide on in there and just get by, man, if I just if I had a hard week, Brother George, if I can just sit down and, and just hear you preach and go home, that's what I, listen, it's got to start with prayer. And, 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 and I'm going to go ahead and tell you now, but most of y'all have your bulletin. Look in your bulletin. I put something in there this week. We're going to do something for the next 21 days. Open your bulletin up. If you don't have one, get one because you're going to need this inside it. Open that up for the prayer. Everyone have it yet? It says, how to pray one hour a day. That's not much. You say, one hour? Man, we spend two hours watching movies. I come in the other day, I think Mifflin watched Days of Our Lives for one hour. Amen? One hour. I watched, listen, I love Andy Griffith. And I was thinking about this the other day, how much I really pray. And when I read that, I said, boy, one hour? It don't have to be one hour at a setting. You can do five minutes here, ten minutes here, fifteen. That's really called praying without ceasing. That's praying through the day. But long as it equals an hour, we're going to do this for 21 days, and let's see if God makes an impact in your life and our church. I think that goes to April 3rd. One hour a day, everybody, wherever it's at, whether it's 5, 10 in the morning before you go to work, and then you finish it through the day, but 21 days of prayer. You say, well, why are we doing 21? Because that creates spiritual discipline in us. 21 days straight, you get discipline, and you got to have discipline to pray. Amen. I mean, you've got to have discipline to be able to pray. And so that, take that home with you. Put it on your refrigerator. You don't have to pray in that order. You can change it up. As long as it's one hour a day for 21 days of prayer. And let's see what God does. Great things. And then back on Sunday morning. Show up at 930 on Sunday morning. Come in the sanctuary here. Tad will be here. He's leading the prayer group. Him and Randy, they'll meet you right here at 930 on Sunday mornings. And then we'll go out and just cover this church in prayer. Amen. How many of y'all agree? How many of y'all are excited? See, people don't get excited about prayer. Oh, we want to shout in good time and give us a sermon. But when it comes to prayer, and that's why God's Holy Spirit is not bringing revival to America and to this church. It's because we think prayer is, oh, that's boring. If you think prayer is boring, you're never going to see God move in your life. He's never going to change it. He's never going to break them chains. That's in your life until, listen, if you don't pray, you don't have a relationship with Him. Because you've got to get around, you got to be around God to hear from God. Amen? How many agree? So let's, let's pray on Sunday mornings. Let's, let's say, man, our Sunday school is good, but our prayer meetings are bigger than our Sunday school. Amen? I hope they are. I hope there's people running over each other next Sunday morning trying to find a place. we got plenty of chairs to pray over. Plenty of classrooms, plenty of people just cover this place in prayer. Then you might not be, then, then the Holy Spirit works, and then you won't be coming to church saying, boy, I hope that praise team sings my song. 
you won't care what they think. This place will be in the power and the presence of God. You'll be so glad to be here and ready to worship. Come, Jesus, come. That's all you'll be. Well, I hope Brother George don't get on my toes today. I hope he, you know, I hope he preaches, you know, I hope he lets us out early. I hope, you know, none of that stuff will wear. You worry about what the person's wearing beside you. You worry about the negative people that try to bring you down. All you want to do is show up and be in the presence of the Almighty God. That's what prayer is about. And so, yes, we need to be radical about prayer. Well, Brother George, people in that church go along every Sunday, got their hands up, and they're just they're touching every row. Amen. Amen. Call me radical then. I'd be a radical Christian on fire for Jesus and an old deadhead somewhere that ain't that God ain't moved in 20 years and got to blow dust off their pulpit and their Bibles. And their pews. Amen. Some churches I can go in and pull it's a dirt devil. Whoa. Because there's no prayer. Prayer will bring on passion. And we need passionate prayers today, amen? Passionate prayer warriors that care about Pleasant Hill and the ministry and the movement of the Holy... Listen, guys, if we're tired of America being America, if we're tired of our schools, tired of this, then how about let's all stand up and do something about it and start praying? Instead of whining and talk about it, let's pray! And to do that, it means you've got to get out of your comfort zone. To do that, it means you've got to get up here about 20 minutes early. I just don't know if I can get out of bed. Well, the devil will get you out of bed on Monday morning. Come on. he have no problem get you out of bed. It's just 15. But see, we talk about all this. We want a great church. We want to see the fire of the Holy Spirit and the movement of God. We've got to go after it. We can't just sit around and say, well, I showed up, God, here I am, fall on us. We've got to prepare the atmosphere. We've got to create an atmosphere for His Spirit to dwell in, amen, to hover, to break chains. Man, I'm praying that every chain in here is broken on people's lives. You say, I'm not on drugs. I'm not talking about drugs. That's part of it, alcohol, that anger unforgiveness, bitterness, mad at your mom and dad, mad at your family, don't like your family, upset at the preacher, church family. Well, I'll sit in there and listen to him, but I don't like him. You got to like me, baby. You got to love me. Prayer will help that. Amen. That's when God starts breaking chains in our church. And we don't care who walks in and what color their skin is, what they wear. We're just glad to see them in a hospital. Listen, the church is not a museum for saints, but a hospital for sinners. Amen. we got enough museums around, cold and dry and clammy and quiet and no movement of God. That just aggravates. I don't know, but that gets on my skin. I don't know about y'all, but it just does me. It should you as a church member. If God's not moving and moving in a mighty way and lives being saved, families joining, chains being broken, we're doing something wrong. We're playing church. We're being religious. And I don't care what the Baptists think. If i got to break that, I'll break that and see Jesus move. Amen? Amen? 
Whatever it takes. We need to move to the cross this morning. Amen? Man, that was all free. If you have your Bibles, now we're going to get to the sermon. Man. Let's all stand as we read God's Word on prayer real quick. Man, I got a lot of sermon and I got less time. Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 32. Jesus here is in the middle of doing ministry. I want you, man, Jesus is healing. They're bringing people to him. They're, he just left. He'd been at Peter and Andrew's house, and people are coming by the house and bringing sick people to him. Jesus' hour, his day is full of ministry. The time he walks out of the door in the mornings to the time he lays his head down at night, somebody is wanting a piece of Jesus. Been there. Somebody is wanting whether it's to pray with them. And listen, that's what God's called pastors to do. That's part of our job. I'm not whining. But I can't do ministry and ministry without taking time to get away from some of y'all and pray. Amen? Look what happens in verse 32 of chapter 1 there. It says, At evening when the sun had set, they brought to him all, not just half of them, they brought all who were sick, and who were demon-possessed. And the whole city, not a quarter of the city, the whole city was gathered together at the door of this house. Can you imagine me at my house in Olive Royal standing out in my driveway, going out to the highway, everybody lives in Royal, standing there, thousands upon people bringing the sick and the demon-possessed? And they were gathered together at the door. In verse 34 it says, Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons, but he did not allow the demons to speak. That's power and authority. He didn't allow them to speak because they knew him. Now, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed into a solitary or a quiet place, and there he taught Sunday school class. Amen? There he preached a sermon. There he did gospel project. There he did impact youth. There he led the food pantry for the hungry. There he did a men's ministry. Well, what about a women's ministry? No, he didn't do none of that. It says that he went there for one reason, and that was to pray. Just said he prayed. That's it. Didn't prepare for a sermon. Didn't get a sermon. He just prayed. He got along with God and prayed. And Simon and those who were with him, they were searching for him. And when they found him, they said to him, Everybody's looking for you. Where have you been? Man, we need some healing going on over here. We got sick people. We got, we got demon-possessed. Man, we got all of them, and we're looking for you, Jesus. But he said to them, let us go in the next towns, that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I've come forth. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd teach us about prayer, the need for prayer today, Lord, the importance and the priority of prayer. That you'd start in our lives and start in this church, Lord, start a mighty movement of your spirit through prayer. And Lord, just touch us and move upon us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.
I did read something this something funny this week. I always, I always give it something funny. But there was a, there was a bunch of men in, in this, uh, in the waiting room where the babies were being born in the floor of a hospital. And this nurse comes out and hollers for Jim, and Jim stands up. And she says, "Jim, I just want to let you know today you have twins. You got two boys." He said, "That's great." He said, "I work for Two Line Mowing Company." He said, "That's great." A little bit later, the nurse come out and said, hollered for Bob. Bob stood up and she said, you've got three girls. He goes, that's great. I work for the company I call for. They call it 3M. He said, isn't that amazing? About that time, it come out about an hour later, and there was Jimmy sitting back there. And she said, hey, you've got four, two girls, two boys. He said, man, this is just unreal. He said, I work for four-day uh, lawnmower and, and grass-cutting company." He said, it's great. About the time, a little bit later, she come out and she hollered, Steve. And boy, they looked around, oh, Steve just, boom, hit the ground, passed out. Man, they all rushed to him and grabbed him, put a rag on his head and raised him up and said, Steve, what's wrong? He said, I know what's coming. He said, I work for 7-Up. <laughs> Amen. He knew it was coming. But we need Prayer. Listen, I really, I wanted to start you all funny because ain't a lot of the rest, the rest of this ain't very funny. It's pretty serious stuff. Prayer is serious. And it's more than just saying God is great, God is good, and we think, well, we're, we're teaching our kids how to pray. No, you're not. You're teaching them how to stay in rhythm. Memorize, but not pray. And so Jesus here in this verse, go back to verse 32, as he's, you know, if Jesus needs to have prayer in his life to get away and get along with God, then we need to get away and get along with God. In that verse 32, it says, go to 35, I'm sorry. Go to verse 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long time while before daylight, he went out and departed a place. Now listen, a lot of preachers take this to the T. You need to get up every morning at 3.15, set your alarm clock. Jesus got up early, you need to get up early. That's not what this is saying. I would rather have you praying at some point during the day than trying to get up and fall asleep before you ever pray. Because I can tell some of y'all, I, I preached y'all on Sunday, some of y'all ain't early birds. Amen. You're just, how many in here is not an early bird? I mean, you like sleeping in. See there? Now, for, for y'all that like to sleep in, don't try to get up at 4.15 and say, boy, I'm fixing to bring the Spirit of God in this house. I'm getting up at 4.15 like Jesus did, and I'm getting away. I'm going to a quiet place. Most of y'all, that's the bathroom. Amen. If you got kids, lock the door, click. I remember Hunter. Man, I remember Hunter when he was little, trying to get away from him just for a little time of prayer, and I'd see little hands on the door. Dad! You in there? No, it's your mama. Don't get up early if you're not an early bird. Wait till 11 or 12 or pray in the afternoon where you can be serious and dedicated to praying. Because what, what does it do if you get up at 4.15 and you're asleep by 4.25? Nodding. We got enough people do that in churches today. We don't need to do it in our prayer groups. Amen? So do it in the afternoon. Do it at noon. Do it at late at night before you go to bed. Maybe before you go to bed, you can do this hour. 
that we're talking about. Maybe some of y'all can. How many of y'all are early risers and can do it in the mornings early? Do the hour or start off with it, but get up consistently praying in the morning. Then, if you're an early bird, get up and pray. But don't be condemned by some legalistic preaching somewhere that you've heard that if you don't get up early, you're not righteous. Because that's wrong. I think Jesus would rather have us praying to Him somewhere through the day and bringing our getting guidance from Him in direction. If now it's, it is great to do it early, it would be nice to start your day off that way. But if you, I'm talking about consistency, consistent prayer warriors. That, that, that you can go to God. Now, you may say a prayer in your car on the way while you're driving, but I'm talking about, we're talking about different, we're talking about passionate, travailing prayer. Amen? I'm not talking about reading the bulletin saying, Lord, help her, help him, you know, her dad. I'm talking about when's the last time you cried out and travailed? Had a burden so hard, so heavy for this church, for a family member that's lost and going to hell. Or, or for friends that need Jesus or a family that's having marriage, and you just go to the Lord and travail in prayer till you're crying because you're burdened. When's the last time this church has travailed in prayer and cried over what's going on? Not much. Amen? Well, that's what we hired you for. No. We need prayer warriors in this church. I got so many people says in this church, I can't do that. I would, but I, I can't sing. I can't get in front of people like you. You can get in front of your Heavenly Father and you can go to bat for me, amen, any day. You can be an intercessor for me. I need intercessors. Amen, Mevlin? She's going, that's right. I need intercessors for me to go for me every day that'll pray for George, that'll pray for Brother George that, hey, he's got spiritual warfare going on in battles. He fights that nobody he ever tells us about. And if he's going to be able to keep bringing the Word of God, be anointed by God, and bring us into the presence of God through his Word, Lord, I pray, Lord, touch him. You we got to travail over our pastors and our leadership and our church. Well, I got a lot of prayer people today, amen. Let's pray. Don't be so excited about it. If I preach heaven and we're going to have a potluck here after church, some of y'all's on the edge of the seat, well, I'll be glad to pray, sing praise. Because that they sing, we got food, I can smell it down there. I wish he'd hurry up. The ball game's coming on. It's March Madness. It's Sunday and SEC's in the finals, and I want to see who wins. I can't wait to get there. I wish he'd hurry. See how we get excited about everything else out in the world? And then we come, and, Lord, why aren't you moving? Why aren't you touching my family? Why aren't you moving in our church? Because we're more excited. Listen, the world... It's always going to be the world. There's always going to be sin out there, guys. Nothing's going to change. The world is always going to be the world. The problem is, is the church wants to sit back and say, yeah, this world's going to hell in a handbasket. This world's terrible. 
I see it on TV. We blame it on Republicans. Republicans bring it on Democrats. And there's some crats, I don't even know their name. They get blamed too. But the world is always going to be the world. It's time for the church to stand up and start being the church. And that starts through prayer. Listen, some of y'all got a great spiritual gift to travail in prayer and be an intercessor. Amen? How many here can pray? How many can pray? Amen? I want so many prayer warriors of God. How many can pray? Can we pray back here? Man, we're going to rock this devil's world around this place. You can pray. See, prayer connects us to the power and the presence of God. That's why Jesus got alone to pray with God in verse 35. He got alone to pray with God because he was getting drained. They were bringing people to him, many, all, standing at the door, hundreds of them. Jesus said, listen, guys, when I get done with church today, I'm going way up on this mountain. I'm taking me a little tent, taking me some sardine and crackers that Peter caught. And I'm going up there and build me a little fire, and it's going to be quiet. I'm going to hear the crickets, and I'm going to speak to my Heavenly Father because I am drained of ministry. So if Jesus needs to get away, we need to get away and pray. Jesus knew the importance of getting in the power to connect to God and get in His presence. That brings the power and the anointing of God on His life. Why do you think Jesus can say, I give all power and authority to you? Because He spent time with His Heavenly Father. Oh, I know He's Jesus and He could do anything, but Jesus was in human flesh. He got hungry. He got tired. He wept. He cried. He laughed. He had emotions. He wasn't a walking Messiah robot. He's like me and you. And so he got ministry. Listen, going to church, doing good things will wear you out. Amen? Ask Miss Jamie right here. Scared Gospel Project to death, which it was a good thing it happened. Really? You say being drained and on empty is a good thing? It was for our Gospel Project. We had other people had to step up and do something besides Miss Jamie doing it all. She come to me crying in tears, saying, Brother George, I am empty. I don't feel God, smell God. I can't hear from Him. And I said, you are burning out. You're on empty. So she talked to me, and she, I, would, I wasn't in that meeting, but I don't like to be in here. I like to be in a fly on the wall. The next Sunday, she had a meeting with all the gospel projects. says, I can't do it for a while. For three, two or three months, I'm taking off and just praying and getting along with God. And, and I'm going to get, no, you can't do that. What are we going to do? It'll fall apart. I know some of you women were doing that. We can't go without Jamie. She's our leader. But if she didn't take off and go to a solitary place and get away and pray and get refueled, refueled, 
Now she's up going again. She's a smiley, bubbly Jamie, but she wasn't so bubbly back in December. When Jamie ain't smiling and bubbling, she's on E. Amen? Isn't that right, Tim? <laughs> he knows. He knows. And so she had to refuel, get away, and it started with prayer. Just spending time talking to God. Jesus, everyday life and ministry can drain you emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Listen, there's two types of people in this church right here, even in ministry and in this church. There's replenishers. That man, I can come to church and be around them five minutes when I walk in the door, and I'm already being filled. I mean, they're bubbly, they're laughing. You ready to, man, Mother George, you ready to preach a good one today? Man, I hope you lay it on them, man. Let God have you, control you, speak to you, anoint you. Let's have service. I love them people. Because I'll come in sometimes, even during the week on Wednesday night, have my head down, I'm tired. Man, just dragging. And, and my flesh gets in the way. So they'll come and say, hey, Brother George, how you doing? I'm going, man, get your hands off me. I'm tired, been busy all week, but I need them people to come to me and replenish me. Them people are a joy to be around. I love them. We need more of them in the church because we got some of them that are leeches. I call them drainers. All they want to do is suck your faith, suck your joy, but they don't want to get none their self. Amen? They just suck the life out of you. Every time you see them, they've got a bad day. Now, listen, guys, I'm not being mean, okay? We're all going to have bad days from time to time. So don't cover that. Re- that's real. That's life. But you don't wake up on the wrong side of the bed every day. Something wrong if you do. The devil's got a hold of you. But we're going to have bad days. But listen, it's time for some of these people to quit draining me. And get their own faith. So they can go out and help somebody that's got the same problem that they got. Amen? Listen, the church is here to help. We're a hospital to lift you up, to refuel you, but we're not here to enable you. Amen? To refuel you and kickstart your faith, but you've got to get your own faith. You can't keep running up and say, pray for me, brother, pray. Now Listen. Every time I preach, some of y'all let the devil get in y'all's little minds and just say, well, Brother George, don't we do that to him. He don't want to pray with me. can't believe he said that in church. I'm not going to hurt your personality or nothing, but get off of it. You're draining me right now. You're draining this church. That's not what I'm saying. But there comes a point in time where you're going to get away by yourself, take your old drink body, fall down on your knees, and cry out and travail and say, Jesus, I need you. I don't need the church. George can't help me. The, the praise team can't. I need you. Only you can refill me. And go to praying and pour your heart and soul out to him. And quit praying like, Oh, Heavenly Father, we come to you today in this sacramental place. Pray to Him from your heart. God knows when I call sometimes. 
He knows this that old redneck George. Hey, God, it's me. I'm in trouble, man. Thought you said this preaching thing was going to be good as long as I followed you. It'd be easy. He knows what I'm calling. I just cry out to him in my own voice, with my own heart. Travail. Did I give you Galatians 4.19? That's not right along with the script. It's on down a little bit. My little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. When's the last time, church? You see, the reason we don't follow this verse because a lot of times it's about what I need in church. Amen? My little Paul here was praying. These, these, these Christians in the Galatian church were going back into legalism and traditions and, and things they were adding to their faith. And Paul says, man, I prevail. I'm laboring in childbirth that Christ will continually be formed in you even around this church that's trying to drag you back in tradition, drag you back into your old way of life. Put flesh in front of it instead of faith. I'm praying. And he says, how many of y'all have ever been a woman in child labor? Labor for child husbands? How many of y'all have been around your wife when she was delivering? Listen, they didn't sit there. Oh, I got a little pain. Can I have an aspirin? Oh, there he is again. Oh, little, little feller's kid. He's tickling me now. Oh, oh, he's coming. Get ready. Get ready, doctor. I don't know of a woman one that delivered a baby like that. Hey, man, I'm up at the hospital. I'm around. Here's what happened to me last week at the hospital. Bree was having her baby. Yeah. She was supposed to be in there, Alicia. Alyssa. Is that right? Thank you, Jesus. I usually call her Alicia, and I just go on. But Alyssa was in there, and she said, they're fixing to come in and check her and see how far she's dilated, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, I'm gone. I'm her pastor, but we're not that close. Man, I left. I went down the hall to the waiting room, sit there for 15, 20 minutes. I said, they got to be through checking her. I don't know what they do, but they got to be. They got to. So I just come on back in there, and the nurses were sitting at the desk, and they knew I was Brother George. They didn't say a word to me. I just went, boom, 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 boom. I thought I heard somebody say, come in. But it wasn't. It was going, ah! I opened the door, and there's two legs up like this, facing that way. Amen. Thank God. Legs up. Ah! And I went, boom. I said, they said, oh, Pastor, we was going to tell you, she's in labor now. I said, why didn't y'all tell me? I walked right in on a church member having a baby. Moaning, groaning, hollering. She needs to holler at him. I'm not the I'm the pastor. Holler at him. He, he's the husband. He caused it. Amen. Don't holler at me. And I remember when Mevlin was even having Hunter, and Hunter was only 23 weeks. I was bigger than Mevlin. Amen. But when she had, I remember the pain she was in. I was bigger than you, amen. 
Don't none of y'all ask me on my way out when it's due either. Oh. And so I remember her laying in the bed, and she was just gripping the bed. Even at 23 weeks, she was in pain, man. And when she got just hollered a little bit, man, I went to pacing. I had a big old ball cap on with a big old blue hood, thing, big old bonnet thing sticking up. Looked like I don't know what blue thing had a mask on. I'm walking back and forth. And I just took off walking right out of the room. They said, where are he going? She goes, I don't care. I don't know where he's going. i got to have this baby. That's what she told them. Because a woman that travails or labors in childbirth, their heart is hurting. There's pain. When we pray for someone like Paul was praying for this young church to, to grow up, Paul started this church, and he wants it to flourish. I don't know any pastor or church leadership that doesn't want their church to flourish and let Christ be formed in them and grow. If they don't have that, they need to be out of the ministry. They're not called of God. Because God will put a burden on you about your people to grow up and mature in the Lord all the time. And sometimes you've got to pray, and it's almost like childbirth. Oh, pray for Brent. I can call his name out because he ain't going to get mad. Pray for Brent, Lord, that Christ would, oh, would grow up in him. I mean, pray, cry out on my knees. Name family by family name. Cry out. Call out with hands raised. Pray for Randy. God, you're working in his life. You've come so far in three years with his heart and his life and his family. Lord, don't let him slip. Don't let him drug back. It's like childbirth. Then you see Tad. Lord, pray for Tad. He's taking the call of ministry seriously this time. He was scared, but he's bold now. Keep forming the, the, the Christ in him. Lord, anointing, forming with your spirit. And then you pray for the praise team. Lord, grow them up. Mature them. So if you can't give away what you don't have, You can't give away what you don't have. You can recite words in a pretty poem, but it ain't spiritual. It's rehearsed. Spirit led, anointed move of His Spirit. When this happens, the people feel it. They know when it's fake and it's real. They know when it's from the heart or when it's put on. Your classes will know when you studied and you didn't study. Amen? Sunday school teachers, pray that Christ will be formed in you. They know when you study. They know when you're serious about the Word of God and being formed in their class and growing up together and maturing. They know. This church knows whether I'm following the Holy Spirit and trying to be under His guidance and anointed by Him to preach and to lead. 
This church knows. You ain't got to ask for respect. The Holy Spirit will help you with that. Mom and dads, praying over your kids. Christ will be formed in them. I got one that's 20. Pray every day. That God will continue to convict him. Boy, he's 20 years old, Brother George. What else? He's 20 years old. He still lives in my house, which I love. Amen. Some of the people, I can't wait till my kid gets 18. He's out of here, buddy. Ain't something wrong with your head. Amen. I want your kids to leave. I love my, I mean, man, I want him around me all the time. Now, maybe that's not a good trait to have all the time, but on you. I'm glad he's at home at 20. Never done giving the, the go. She said, son, I don't care if he's 38. You can still live here. <laughs> Didn't you? I love him. He's doing what he tries to do. He, don't, he's not the, he, he messes up sometimes, and all I can do is pray God convict him over that. Sometimes he'll come by with a country song on. Now they got this country rap junk. I mean, we need some of them old Barbara Mandrells. Hey, I was country when country wasn't cool. Man, but some of the stuff they have now, boom, 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 going down a dirt road, blah, 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 I got a beer in my hand. Got a beer in my hand, come party with me out in the pasture with the cows, blah, 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 blah. It's terrible. And I said, Hunter, country rap. <laughs> it's out there. Matter of fact, I'll let Hunter turn it up for you sometime. And I'm going, what is this junk? What? I, I mean, I love Conway Twitty, don't get me wrong. Hey, man, y'all do too, you ain't going to raise your hand. Yeah, me and Madeline used to lift the, when we were dating, we looked to, that song is still in great, pour some sugar on me. I remember it. Y'all remember the song too, don't you? Some of y'all still got it. I can tell. But see, one of the, here's what here's what laboring for people that need to mature in Christ. It goes back to the verse what Paul said. Yeah, when I was twenty, I listened to some stupid music. Paul said I did worse than that. I threw Christians in jail and murdered them. I had their families beheaded. Yeah, I, I hated anybody that, had, that mentioned the name of Jesus Christ. I told them in jail in a heartbeat. I'd like, if I hear Jesus, I'd like to knock him right between the eyes, Paul said. That was him. But then he met Jesus and things changed, and God used him to be a minister of the gospel. Then he started saying, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I acted like a child. But when I started, people started laboring in childbirth for me and travailing for me, I grew up and put away those childish things. I become a new mature creature in Christ, a person. 
Yeah, I still drive by and I still smell alcohol, but it don't affect me no more. And that's what a lot of us should say, amen? If you're growing up in the Lord, it ought to turn that bitter to you. It ought to turn your anger. If you get an anger problem, you can't control it. People start laboring for you in childbirth and you start maturing in the Lord. It ought to taste like bitter coffee to you when you get angry. <clears throat> I didn't used to feel that way, boy. I just knocked their block out. I sprayed you with a Holy Spirit spray. Sorry about that, Brent. This was clean. Who said God's not fun? All them legalistic living Christians that aren't growing up. When the church starts to take prayer seriously, God releases His power and His presence, and we begin to see the hand of God in our church body. But we got to take it seriously, guys. That's why I'm preaching this prayer. If I can get five to take it seriously, I don't expect to preach a sermon and see the whole church turn. I don't. But if I can see three, one, four, five show up next Sunday right here, say, man, let's pray for this church. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'll be in the midst of it. But then when you get 20 and 30 gathered together in his name, and 40 and 50, and it starts growing and growing and growing, it's called a movement. And the church needs a movement. <laughs> a seriously Holy Spirit movement in the church. I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe you're carrying some chains in here this morning. Every time I'll preach and go down the aisle, you just shake your chains. You know you can be raising your hands on Sunday morning and still be chained up. People think, boy, they're raising their hands every Sunday and worshiping, but deep down inside they're chained. If you can see their chains, they just rattle on Sunday morning when we worship. Until we travail and cry out like childbirth, that Christ will be formed in this church, it won't happen in your life. Go to James. I'm going to close on James chapter 5. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him go to Sunday school. What does it say? Pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up as he has committed sins. He will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed physically, emotionally, and spiritually. The, I love this, the effective, the passionate, the fervent prayer of a righteous man 
avails much, or that word means benefits you much. It benefits you to pray. That's why you see us sometimes anointing people up here and praying over them. That's why you see these altars full every Sunday, laying hands on them and praying. Guys, if we're going to have anything being healed in our lives and changed broken, it's not going to start with a song. It's not going to start with a sermon. It's going to start with this church getting on her knees and praying and travailing in childbirth for the Holy Spirit to come, to rain down on this place, take control of my life, my family, my church. Man, have you ever prayed that passionately? The reason we don't is we pray how we were raised. We pray like our mom and dads. We pray like we hear other people all of our life in church. There used to be a man that would pray, good Christian man, but every time he started his prayer, oh, dear Lord God in heaven. I could mimic him every time. And believe me, I did as a kid, and I got my little mouth slapped. Because he'd get ready, and I'd elbow my friends and say, watch this, they're calling on him, watch this. I knew where he was going before he started. I'm not saying you don't need a pattern. You just don't want to make it a ritual. It needs to be fresh. Because yesterday's gone, today's here. you got something new fresh to give to Jesus. you got a whole new set of sins. you got a whole new set of hurts. you got a whole new set of pains. They're fresh, Lord. Here, I confess, touch me. Touch me right in my heart. Heal me. Do surgery. You're the best surgeon there is. I mean, sew me up, Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll touch this church body today in a special way. Lord, I pray that you'll teach us how to pray. But, Lord, before you teach us that, Lord, you're going to give us a passion for prayer in this church. A prayer that we won't be unashamed for to show up and pray. We're not ashamed to lay hands on each other and pray. We're not ashamed to anoint with oil. We're not ashamed to confess our sins. And Lord, because we know you're going to forgive us. You're the one that forgives, not people. But we first got to go to the foot of the cross. Lord, help us be passionate about our prayer. Let us be excited about prayer. Lord, grow up some leaders in this church that are prayer warriors that will lead a prayer team in this church. We need a prayer team in this church. That's making intercession all the time for this church. Lord, you know how to convict the hearts to get that started. You know how to prick the hearts and to move people forward and and to put them in that position, Lord. And I'm asking today, Holy Spirit, that you will do that to some folks in this church. That you would be formed in their heart through the conviction of the Holy Spirit and give them a passion, a burden about prayer. And you'd start another ministry right here in this church through prayer. We'd have a prayer team. And what better ministry we need? We don't need more conferences, more books, more 10 steps how to grow your church. We don't need more meetings. We need more prayer, Holy Ghost-led, anointed prayer meetings. That's what we need in our church. The old-fashioned kind of prayer that when they prayed, the house was shook. 
Prayers that were prayed that Lazarus was raised from the dead. Families that were sick were healed. Marriages that are on the brink of divorce will be healed. People that are being prodigals today that are sitting in church, that they'd listen to that voice and God would call them and tell them to come home. Come home. I love you. There's nothing that you did that I could not love you. I love you. Come home. Get back and be on fire like you used to be. There's nothing so bad that you've done or that you did that God will not accept you today. It's called grace. And you feel that touch of God today through prayer. Let's cry out to Him today, church. I hope it's a loud, I hope it's a loud prayer service in here in just a minute. I hope there's people crying out. Celebrated prayer. We need celebrated prayer in this church. Don't worry about who's around you. Just go to Him, kneel down to this altar, and pray out loud to Him. Tell Him what you want Him to do to your family in your life. And God, come. Have your way in this place. Take the eyes out of it. Let us have surrendered and broken hearts as we approach your throne of grace. And all God's people said, come, church, stand. But come where you're at. Let's have a prayer meeting in the front today. Let's have a prayer meeting like in Acts where people are calling out upon the name of the Lord. Do you have some needs? Do you have some hurts? Do you have some chains that need to be broken this morning? Come. God's raising up an army. He's raising up an army of prayer warriors. But it's got to start right here in our church. It can't be next Sunday. Today is the day that the Lord is calling you. Come, church. Come, church. Don't be embarrassed. If you're a visitor, come. You don't got to be a member to pray in this church. Jesus. Jesus.